Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Ulysses Sembrano, and Kevin Wise is not here, but that's okay because both of us are the hosts of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Rays your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Race is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Race. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Race and email us at LockedOnRace at gmail.com. Also, if you want to be a guest, co-host, or simply support what we're doing with the podcast, visit buymeacoffee.com slash raiseunfiltered. That's buymeacoffee.com slash raiseunfiltered. Today is part three of the four-part interview that we had with Colin Poche, which I hope everybody has been enjoying. We really enjoyed having him on the show. Uh, in this section of the interview, he goes over his outing analysis, what he what he goes uh, and looks back at, what's the, the train of thought there, what are his CBA expectations, obviously, with this lockout, what, uh, what are the things that... He most desires to see change with this new CBA. And obviously, we go over the minor league conditions, not only as a minor league player, but also as a French guy going up and down and what that is like for those players. So without further ado, let's enjoy this part three of the Colin Pochet interview. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that because it, it goes even after that with the ERA let's say that the shortstop can't make the catch, mm-hmm. but you know, the scorekeeper also has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like if, if he deems it to be a hit, now you're going to get, get stuck with that. So Colin, let's say, unfortunately, this will happen to everybody. It, it, ha- it happened, you know, to, to Koufax, Bob Gibson, right? You have a bad outing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go home. What's the mindset there? Is it how do you evaluate yourself when things didn't go exactly right? Um, so for me, I, I try to figure out, you know, what went wrong before I leave the stadium. And then, you know, once once you get home, you you really just got to flush it because it's if you carry that with you, it's not going to help you the next day. You're probably going to pitch the next day. And if you're thinking about the bad outing, that's that's how you snowball it and get into a slump. But, um, you know, it's just it's just that brief moment after the game of, of figuring out why you struggled, you know, did I not throw enough strikes? Did I throw too many strikes and too many, you know, non-quality strikes? So it it just all, it kind of boils down to what, what you particularly struggled on. You know, there, there are games where you go out there and you give up, you know, two or three runs, but it's like, man, I made my pitches. You know, I had a couple balls fall in a couple tough bounces and, and you know that um, your process was right because you were, you were making the pitches you wanted to make, but you just didn't get the results. So it's, it's, it's kind of finding, finding, you know, what you did wrong and and why you didn't have success and and learning from that. And, And sometimes there's nothing to learn from your outing. Sometimes you just, you know, you had a bad outing and that's as a reliever, you might go out there 70 times, you know, you're going to have bad ones and there's, there's not always a definite, Oh, you should have done this and, and that. So it's, it's really just kind of filtering out, filtering out, you know, what's, what's useful from the outing and then kind of getting rid of the rest. Right. And 
kind of tied into it, but not completely. I, I was always curious about this with pro ball players or pro athletes in general, um, especially around the trade deadline. Like, are you guys looking at rumors that are out there online and on social media? Like how much inside the clubhouse is there, man, there's rumors that Kiermaier might be on the move or there, there, this player is being talked about that player is being talked about, or Mm -hmm. there's negativity out there from the fan base about a particular player or a move or something like that. How much of that is discussed at all within and amongst players, or is it, is there kind of a directive out there of, Hey, you, you just, during the season, you you just got to kind of separate yourself from the noise and you got to try to ignore that stuff as much as possible. Otherwise it'll, it'll tear you up and it'll eat you up. But um, I didn't know how much of that you guys focus on of uh, the, the outside noise, basically from fans, media, whatever it may be. Um, You know, we hear it. We definitely hear it. We definitely, we definitely have conversations about some of the stuff depending on what it is. Um, You know, basically in the clubhouse, if you're on the road or even at home, you know, MLB Mm -hmm. network is always on a TV that you right. can see. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty impossible to ignore all these trade rumors and this and that, but I, I don't think too many guys get too caught up into it. Um, definitely, definitely not to the point where it takes away from what they're doing on the field. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think late July, once you're getting to that trade deadline, you know, there, there is tension in the clubhouse just because, you know, as the Rays, they're an aggressive team. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to balk at chances to make the team better. So um, there is a little uncertainty where it's, you know, maybe it's you or who are we bringing in or who's going out. But um, it's just another one of those things at the end of the day that it's out of your control. And so we talk about it and, you know, we kind of address it and move on because it's it's just ultimately it's it's nothing we can do about it. So if it happens, it happens. And um, we we know now with the Rays, basically, if there's a move we make, it it's probably going to work out for us. So, you know, we have a lot of confidence in the front office and everything. So when they do go out there and make a splash that, you know, we believe that it's going to be for the best for the team. Uh, do you, I mean, during the course of the season or off season, are you aggressively reading or checking in on, on certain baseball websites like fan graphs or baseball prospectus, baseball, America, MLB.com, the Tampa Bay times, or is it just kind of, if it, if it comes to me, it comes to me. I didn't know how much you're actively seeking baseball news and, and updates uh, during the season or, or off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I follow, you know, a lot of, a lot of those accounts on Twitter and stuff. So if I, mm-hmm. I see like an interesting article or something, I'll read it, but um, I don't really go out and seek it out too much. If it's something interesting, then, you know, my dad or someone will usually send it to me <laughs> and I'll, I'll read it then. But um, I mean, now I would love to read some stuff now, but every, everything's been so quiet with the lockout. Nobody's writing anything. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no moves to be made. So it's, it's a little, it's a little dull right now. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good you'll want to eat them. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. That's not Built Bar. 
you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So what do you have to do? You go to built.com, you use promo code BLOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. So remember, today, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order at built.com. Yeah, you brought it up, the lockout. I mean, <laughs> did you see did you see Colin's uh, face? It looks it, it, it yeah. doesn't look the same anymore. Right. His profile pic. Yeah, yeah, his avatar doesn't look quite like he does right now. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. dynamic that's happening. Well, uh speaking of that, from from your perspective, Colin, um are there is there a certain consideration or considerations for the upcoming CBA that you think really need to be addressed from the player's side? Is it increased minimum salaries? Is it expanded playoffs? Is it guys having the ability to get to free agency more quickly? Is it trying to stop with the roster manipulation, service time manipulation? Is, is there something or a couple of things that like, man, this really needs to be fixed before we resume play in 2022 and beyond? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think, you know, for on the player side, I think one of the big ticket things is, is like you said, getting guys into arbitration quicker, mm-hmm. um, free agency sooner in their career, because the teams, the way they're running it now is guys' careers are shorter. Um, I think, I want to say I saw a stat where it's like 70% of players are, are within, you know, zero to three years of service time. Mm. And so you have the majority of the players in the league, are getting paid the minimum. And then, you know, by the time they do get to arbitration and free agency, they're, they're getting replaced by, you know, guys who are younger in terms of service time. And so I think that, you know, I think it, whether it's the minimum going up or, you know, guys hitting arbitration sooner. Um, I think personally, the one that would probably have the biggest thing is, is I think now it's, you know, you need so many days of the season on the big league roster for it to be considered a full season in terms mm-hmm. of arbitration. So what a lot of these teams are doing is, is they just, if they send you down for a week or two, you know, here and there throughout the season that adds up. And so, you mm-hmm. know, maybe you were in the big leagues for so long, but then, you know, you were sent down for maybe a month throughout the course of the season, then it doesn't count as a full season. And so if you do that, you know, a couple of years in a row, as you can option guys for three years, then it, it turns basically, you know, that guy was a big part of your team for three years, but now he has, you know, maybe two years of service time and, you know, he's still a year away from arbitration and, you know, a few years away from free agency. So it, it's kind of creating a backlog of players who are, you know, guys aren't hitting free agency till they're 32 years old. And by that time, nobody's getting contracts because everyone knows, you know, that the secrets out about guys regressing as they get older. So, I think the players association, one of the big things is, is getting money in guys pockets earlier in their career because the game is trending towards, you know, guys having shorter careers and, and, you know, them somewhat manipulating service time to keep guys away from arbitration and this and that. So to me, I think that's one of the the big things that'll help guys going forward. Um, And, you know, we, we hear like, you know, we're being selfish and we're arguing over money when we're making a lot of money, but, you know, something like that, like now that we're already in the system, it's, it's not going to affect me personally. Mm-hmm. Like 
I won't, even if they change the rules tomorrow, like I wouldn't be able to take advantage of that. It's right. It's about kind of setting up the game going forward and, mm-hmm. and realizing the way the game is trending and kind of reacting to it to make sure it's kind of fair for the players going forward. Did that happen to you? I can't recall um, before you got hurt. If, the Rays had called you up and then sent you down for one reason or the other. Did you have that roster shuffle at all of going from Tampa Bay to Durham and then back to Tampa Bay? Or once you got called up, you stayed up until things happened? Uh, no, it hasn't. It hasn't happened to me. Um, but, you know, it definitely happens um, in our organization and in every organization too, really. It's not, you know, it's not a Rays issue. Right. It's not, right. you know, it's, it's a league-wide thing where guys are, you know, getting shuttled up and down 12 times a year and, and, you know, they're not getting service time for that. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, they're using that last roster spot as kind of a revolving door and that's, it's hurting a lot of guys. It's hurting a lot of careers. And, and, you know, that's the other thing is, you know, when we say we make good money is like just a couple of weeks in the big leagues extra can change a guy's life. And so mm-hmm. when you're sending guys up and down and up and down, you're, you're, you know, messing with, with what some of their potential future livelihoods and stuff. So, um, and that's going to be a tough one because, you know, on the flip side, if I was in the front office's position, I understand why they're doing it. I understand why the moves are being made. And if it was me calling the shots, I'd, I'd probably be doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's really not like a greed issue or these guys are bad. They're bad people. It's just, it's just a systemic issue where the system is set up that way. And and it just probably needs to be changed to make it a little, a little more fair for everybody. It, you know, it happened last year, 12 times with Lewis, Lewis head. head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lewis head up and down and up and down. So like it does happen, and, but it, it, you're right. It, it, it is a systemic issue. It's a, it's a league wide issue, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, people are looking at the CBA as a savior, like oh they're gonna save baseball, but it's it's tough to imagine that they're going to do more than a couple of things, you know. Right. And the ish, it's not gonna not every, not everything is going to be fixed. It's what is going to be fixed. Right, you know? right. It's about the small victories, but I think that's what's worrying people now is is you know there's so many things being argued over, and you know from what I've heard is the conversations haven't haven't even started. And, you know, we're five, six weeks away from, you know, when pitchers and catchers are supposed to show up. And so for them to not even be engaging in those conversations yet is a little worrisome for me. It just doesn't doesn't seem like we're trending in the right direction as far as all that goes. Is your player rep Tyler Glass now, correct? Yes, he is. And that's it. He's the only one, correct? Right, right. Yeah, we just have one. So how does that work? Is there a, a big group text uh, on WhatsApp? Facebook, like, how does that work? The because I, I can't imagine that Slack. Tyler, yeah, Slack can, um, <laughs> d- you know, does he is not going to individually text the right. Yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, so we, we have a group chat with everybody, and um, Tyler does a really good job of you know letting us all know what's going on. Um, so the players' association they'll have their own meetings, and Tyler will be in on it, and then kind of send us the summary, or the players' association and MOB will get together and you know, Tyler will send us like a big summary of all the talks and everything. So um, he does a really good job of uh, making sure everyone's informed and up to date on what's going on and, and, you know, getting everyone's feedback before going back to the players association to kind of, you know, just get a a general feel of, of where we're leaning on these issues. So 
yeah, it's just a big, big group chat where, you know, it's been pretty quiet lately, but, but um, yeah, that's usually where we get all the information. Is that something you would like to do in the future? Be a player rep? I would. Yeah. I, I do think it's really interesting and I think it's a, a good way to get in and um, you know, be able to affect the game and, and just help players out going forward. I think it's something, you know, as I, I, I think I need more years in the game just mm-hmm. to understand the ins and outs and, you know, there's so many like little rules and just like little unwritten rules and traditions and stuff that you just have to be in the system for a while to get a feel of what really goes on before I would, you know, feel comfortable stepping into a role like that. Yeah. And as far as the player rep goes, I'm not sure if I'm totally familiar with this, but how is that decided or voted upon? Is it before each season that whoever's on the 40 man roster, or the 26 man roster, they, they put together a voter or is some uh, does a player nominate Tyler glass now and then a vote is taken. Just do you, do you understand that process at all? Cause I I'm not really sure about that, honestly. Yeah. So I do believe it. it's either every year or I think it's every two years, unless your player rep, you know, leaves the organization. And I think mm-hmm. every two years you nominate anonymously nominate players you think would be good at the job. And then if there's multiple nominations, you vote on it. Um, but I think, I think, you know, we basically just kind of like renewed Tyler as that role. Like he does a good job. And so I don't think we really even had to take a vote on it this time around. Bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our March to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Again, that's L O C K E D O N to get started with that generous welcome bonus from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. And it's where the game starts. Um, Colin, you touched on it briefly. And I think this is something that is, you know, I, I think the real hardcore baseball fans understand this, but something that is maybe a little bit of a misconception out there uh, that, you know, every pro baseball player is a millionaire and is loaded with money and is, is rich beyond belief. And that's not really true, especially with, uh, if you do some reading and digging up what some of these minor leaguers, what many of these minor leaguers are going through. And and I don't know about your situation personally, Colin, but I know as a 14th round draft pick, uh, coming out of college, I, I, I don't know how much leverage you had at the time to, to get a, a monster signing bonus, but you know, whether I'm sure you've seen it running through the minor leagues that there's guys that are sleeping in their car. There there's guys that are, you know, scrounging together, mm-hmm. uh, nickels, dimes, and quarters to buy a, a McDonald's sandwich, like, selling solar panels sometimes <laughs> and they luck to be picked out. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, um, that, that I, I feel like it, it really kind of hit home for me that for, many guys or some guys that that couple weeks in the big leagues can be life-changing money and can be a life-changing situation for themselves and their family, because not everybody uh, was a first round draft pick and got a $5 million signing bonus. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely tough on a lot of guys. You know, there's, there's countless stories about 
a guy drafted in the late rounds who spends six, seven years in the minors before, you know, getting his call up and, and um, I mean, it's tough on guys. You do see some guys struggling. Um, I know a lot of guys in the off season have to work almost full-time jobs just to, just to make it make sense. But um, you know, I think, I think we're trending in the right direction when that comes, you know, MLB announced that they're going to, provide housing for all minor league mm-hmm. players, which is just one of the, the biggest stressors as a minor league player is finding housing. And then, you know, you get called up and it's finding housing there and, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't sign a lease, a six month lease to an apartment when, you know, you might be gone in a week. So um, it's tough. And, and like you said, there's a lot of those guys where you can get called up and you can spend a week in the big leagues and make more money than you would have made all year in the minor leagues. So it's definitely, it's definitely big for those guys. And, um, you know, that is the one aspect is when that, when those guys are getting shuttled up and down, there's, there's a few guys who are, you know, getting that opportunity to make some money for a few days, you know, so that is good, but, um, it's definitely tough on guys. Um, and you can, you can definitely see like when they do get called up, just that, that relief of, you know, you spend a week in the big leagues or two weeks in the big leagues and, you know, maybe you don't have to work that full-time job in the off season mm-hmm. and you can dedicate that time towards getting better and staying on a big league roster the next year. So um, I think that's a big, a big pressure for guys, but I think that's something that, that, you know, can be handled pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, not to like make this a Lewis head episode, but man, 12 yeah. times back and forth, just not just the, the pay difference and the pay gap in that, but just, like I couldn't imagine trying to do my job and trying to perform at the highest level possible. If I'm having to do the planes, trains and automobile situation, mm-hmm. just like mentally, physically and emotionally, it, it would have to be drained. I don't know if Colin, you're able to speak to that at all, but I, I imagine there's got to be some talk within the clubhouse of, man, I got sent down. Now I'm getting called up. Now I'm getting mm-hmm. sent back down again. Like what? I, there, there's a lot of uncertainty there, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard to be in that role and do your job well, just because mm-hmm. you, you can never get comfortable in one place. You know, you're always up and down. Um, you're on the mound, maybe even thinking like I'm going to get optioned after the game mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of relievers. They go out there and they, they pitch, you know, an inning in two thirds and they're sitting in the dugout. And, you know, they come out and tell you, hey, you're going back out. And so, you know, as a reliever, that means you're you're not going to be able to pitch for three days. And so they're mm-hmm. going to send you down. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with that mentally. And and it's just it's really tough, you know, not not being able to kind of have a permanent home. And and there's certain instances where, you know, you're getting options no matter what you do. You know, if you go out there and strike out the side for two innings straight, like it doesn't matter. You're still getting sent down. But um you know, one, one thing I can say about Lewis is, is the, the, the dude's attitude was just, you know, out of this world. He was so positive. And, um, you know, I remember someone kind of making, I can't remember who, someone made a comment to him like, oh, man, like you're going up and down so much. Like that really sucks or something. And, and you know, his response was, this is the best year I've ever had. <laughs> like, I'm in the big leagues. Like yeah. even if it's for a day here or two there. Like this is this is as good as it's ever been. So. I think um, he, he, you know, handled that really well. There's been guys in the past. Um, Austin Pruitt went through that a little bit where he was getting sent up and down and and he just handled it so well. And um, those are the guys that when they go to other teams, you see them stick and have success because, you know, guys know that they're invested in what the team is doing and, and they're going to be a team player. But 
um, at the end, they just they just have the right attitude for for what it takes to get the job done. And that's part three of the Colin Poche interview. There's still one more section of the interview that we will air next week. Now, remember, folks, you can always listen to all these interviews on YouTube in long form. The 90 minutes are up on YouTube, and you can definitely do that. Locked on Rays thanks you for making us your first listen. Now, make your second listen, Locked on Bets, which is also free and available on all platforms. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe.